We want to start by saying that we know this subject can bring up strong emotions. Many have said that we should not waste time with an issue that is not an issue at all. While others have stated that two white guys and a Macklemore song do nothing but insult the importance of this discussion, in the end, the people in this room will not change the world and racism overnight, but we are committed to do the one thing that can, and that is to talk to each other. Mere words have been the impetus that has transformed this world time and again. We will be human and unpolished, honest and vulnerable, respectful and committed to this conversation in hopes that you, the listeners, will start your own in your homes, your workplace, and in your own lives. Sometimes hidden in the most uncomfortable conversations is a power that may transform our very lives. You are listening to Outspoken on KYRS Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM. And this is Outspoken Presents Uncomfortable Conversations, Dissecting the Black and White Divide. We can approach just in our culture. There's a big, loud, noisy movement on the right that says, basically, you don't have are back we are here here. sorry for that uh (laughs) that weird person talking the weird person talking underneath um the the computer is still running uh under some i don't (laughs) i don't know what it's running under well even on important days we're still a hot mess you know what you wouldn't have it any other way would you no we wouldn't we want to start by we've been talking about this conversation for quite a quite a while now um that started with Sergey and I, Sergey bringing a song to my attention when it was released in February, uh, which was Macklemore's song, White Privilege 2. Yes. And Sergey, let's start with why you brought that to me. Uh, well, I mean, uh, it came out and I saw it in the news and there was some conversation about it. And I mean, of course, there had been a conversation about uh, Black Lives Matter for a while now. This has been a conversation Starbucks had raised together, which we'll talk about today as well. Uh, so it was just interesting to me and listening to it, uh, I found myself really emotional about the song and Mm -hmm. it was, it was so, uh, raw and it brought so many points, um, that I think everyone has kind of looked through and, uh, talked about. And so I just, uh, thought it was, this is it, you know, we have to talk about this on the show. So, uh, of course then you listen to it and. Uh, we did. We, we we're, we're now talking about it on the show, right? And it was important to us to to start that conversation. And I think watching the aftermath of after he released that song, um, and a lot of the flack and the support yeah. that he got uh, across the world, really, the conversation was fascinating and just proved that. We needed to have it. So before we get into the special guests we have in studio, we think it's important to share a version of the song. There is not a uh, radio edit for this, so we we did have to go digging for one that is appropriate for FCC. Um, But we want to start with uh, this this song that they did live on Late Night with Stephen Colbert and then get right into the conversation. But this, for all of our listeners, if you are unaware... This is a great way for you to kind of get a feel for what the impetus for, for Sergey and I was. Yeah, so here it is. You are back with KYRS Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM, and this is Outspoken. And if you're just joining us uh, here, this is a special show that we have today. We're mm-hmm. not going about our typical uh, structure. We're doing... Uh, Outspoken presents Uncomfortable Conversations, Dissecting a Black and White Divide. And to help us with this uncomfortable conversation, uh, we have 
Uh, in studio, Philip Tyler, who currently sits as the vice president on the board of Spokane's NAACP chapter, as well as Sandra Williams, who is the editor and publisher of The Black Lens, the only African-American newspaper in eastern Washington. So uh, welcome, both of you, to Outspoken. Thank, Thank you. you. Let's start with um, whoever wants to go first. Tell us why you thought it was important to, to sit with these two guys and talk about this this okay. subject today. I'll jump in. Perfect. So this is Sandy. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, as you heard, I'm the publisher and editor of the Black Lens newspaper, but I'm also a black lesbian. I've been out for about two and I won't tell you how old I am. <laughs> I was going to tell you how long I've been out, but I'll tell you how old I am. But I've been out for a long time. In this community, I have um, been the executive director of Odyssey Youth Center, yes. and I've yeah. also been the coordinator of the Pride Center here. Mm-hmm. So, um, so my feet have been in both worlds and um, so it's an important topic for me it's personal for me and I was really excited when I heard that you were doing the show mm-hmm. so that's why I'm here well, awesome. we appreciate that yes. for sure excellent well this is uh, Phil and I first want to thank uh, both of you for inviting me and uh, Sandy to be part of this uh, new discussion uh, I am passionate about this as a black man and a father of black children And I, like the song says, I think I'm on the inside looking out uh, as to this discussion. And I do know who Islan Nettles is, uh, the trans (laughs) woman that was beaten to death in New York. Yes, very important. But I think in in my position in uh, the community and my organization, I think it's important for us uh, to have these conversations, much like uh, the First Amendment gives us the right to Mm -hmm. free speech. But it doesn't protect us um, against the criticisms about what we say or what we don't say. And I think it's important that we talk today about those things that we don't want to say. Exactly. Those things that make us all. And and I'm going to be the first to Mm -hmm. say, like, uh, I'm nervous going in because I know I'm going to say something. You know what I mean? And I think that's where where I think I connected with the Macklemore song was when he talks about, oh, wait, should I say this? Am I allowed to say this? Mm -hmm. Uh, When we met with you, Phil, we I had that conversation, which is. And I think, and I know part of that, like we talked before the show, is probably part of the white privilege. You know, the assumptions and the... the but it is that nerves that we don't get past. Mm-hmm. We don't get past the nerves to even have a conversation because we want to be so... Nice. Y- yes, we want to be so nice. <laughs> NPC, absolutely. Yeah, and one yeah, of yeah. the things that's, that, that has been said in some of the articles I read, that's the reason some... Uh, white people get really nervous and they don't want to talk about it is because they fear in some way that they have, because there's a shame in our history. Mm-hmm. And uh, when a lot of us look back, that's just a horrible thing. And they internalize the shame and think, oh no, now I'm going to have to take responsibility that I, and so they, they freak out that I'm going to have to say I'm racist when they don't feel racist, um, in, whether it's implicit or, or explicit uh, racism. So I think that's why I connected because I could I could be, Macklemore, I just love. Yeah, to say well, that. and that's the beauty of the song. I think is that it, you know, shows that there is, you know, there is this white privilege that we have to kind of accept and see and learn from, mm-hmm. uh, and in some ways used to our advantage, like Macklemore did to, you know, start this conversation. Uh, I wanted to ask uh, both of you what you think of, you know, uh, Macklemore, uh, very obviously a white rapper who has, you know, kind of taken from black culture, like he says, because. Uh, you know, hip hop and rapping is traditionally uh, black art. So he's he's taken from that, but he's admitting his white privilege. So uh, does he have a right to be saying these things? Um, is it not his place? Uh, what do you think? Well, uh, I, I think he has every right, like yeah, anyone yeah. else has to say this. 
And I think for me, at least, the broader question is, um, why aren't we and our artists standing up to do this more so than, say, the Kendrick Lamars, the J. Coles? Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. If you're going to underground the the, um, Tef Poe's of the world, if if you know who that artist Mm -hmm. is, um, and his songs. And so a lot of times my mindset is, is this, is that sometimes it takes someone who looks like the majority yeah. to speak on behalf of the minority in order for our words to be truly heard and the impact of those words to, right. to mm-hmm. um, affect them. Because I, I, I noticed what you were saying, Jonathan, you talked to something about white guilt. Yeah. And, and, and really, for me, as it relates to, to white privilege, it's really not uh, something that um, white people do or, or has been created or they enjoy. It's more... Unlike overt racism, it's something that is transparent and it's saturated in our society. Um, so I think we've, we've got to get past that fear and be able to have these conversations. Mm, uh, even right. if that starts with Macklemore motivating us to do right. those. Sure. Well, I was, I, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I think for me, there's a couple things um, that, because I just, so I will own, I'm kind of old and <laughs> I'm not into hip hop. No, <laughs> you are so, not old. Um, so the first thing that I did yeah. was I went and pulled up the song. Yeah. I wish I would like to say that I knew it before, but I didn't. I'd heard inklings of the controversy. Sure. Right. Yeah. Um, but um, so I pulled it up. So, so for me, there's two things that um, rose to the surface in terms of what I was thinking. The first one is some of the discomfort, I would say, or uneasiness about Macklemore being the voice for this issue is because historically, um, and this has happened to me personally, too. So mm-hmm. I can say something as a black woman that's, I think, fairly profound mm-hmm. um, and it's dismissed and a white person can come behind me and say the exact same thing. And it's it's viewed as this sort of revolutionary right. um, thing that's sort of valued and, and taken. Okay. Um, so there's some of that. There's some irritation about right. this issue being having been raised by a lot, a lot, a lot of people. But when Macklemore says it, says it, yeah. there's some value given to it. So that's some of the controversy. And so, and I understand that. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, on the flip side of that, though, is um, I have much respect for him because he didn't have to do this. Mm-hmm. So, so this young man's riding a wave of success wherever sure. he got it yeah. from doesn't right. matter. But he's riding a wave of success, and he could have just floated along on that wave, mm-hmm. made his money. And and never bothered to raise this issue. He didn't have to do that. Right. And so my mm-hmm. definition of what an ally is is an ally does what they don't have to do. Exactly. That's an ally. And so True. for me, this young man is an ally in the best way. And I appreciate that mm-hmm. he's taken mm-hmm. the hits that he's taking right. on my behalf. Right. And then, wow. and to kind of cross over our all of our communities when Macklemore a few years ago did Same Love. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. He got so much flack. I remember after the Grammy performance where a lot of same sex couples were married, he got flack from our community, the gay community, saying, How dare you yes. you do this? And we I remember hitting the airwaves saying, Listen, the only way we move forward is if we get people mm-hmm. that aren't in our circle. We get the allies to also speak. And I have to say, I, there was Absolutely. a, a YouTuber who made a good point. Um, she, uh, uh, a young African-American woman who was not thrilled, doesn't, doesn't really like Macklemore, but she wanted to say to a point. And I thought, okay, good point. This song was written to white people to say, listen, it's time that we look mm-hmm. at right. this. Mm-hmm. And so 
so for there, she said, it's not for me. I don't like it. I don't listen to it. But it doesn't bother me. And he was talking to his mm-hmm. white people around him. And I thought <laughs> that's an important aspect to Absolutely. make to say, yeah. listen, yeah. if we don't start talking, because we got flack saying the two white guys shouldn't <laughs> be having this conversation. But if if we shouldn't sit in this room, who should? That's, Doesn't it have to begin somewhere? Yes. Well, mm-hmm. I, and I think it does. It has to begin. The conversations just have to begin. They do. And yeah. I personally don't care who starts them. Right. Um, so yes. I applaud that. And I know that there's controversy around that. Mm-hmm. I hear it myself all the right. time yeah. about who gets to be the, the catalyst for that. And right. um, I think sometimes we can get bogged down in who's the catalyst mm-hmm. for it and, mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. the conversation and the important discussions get lost in that and so and you know i tell people i think the older i get the less i'm invested in that right who, where it starts from yeah. i'm more invested in the what i think is important which is right. the content yeah and the solution wow. that follows right. of course and yeah I, I want to go back to 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 a um a thing that that sandy touched on uh-huh. if i could yeah. and about being an ally no matter where that ally comes from because we're talking about white privilege too, and we need to make that 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 distinction clear. Yes. yes. He did a mixtape back in 2005, uh, the original white privilege, and mm-hmm. he really laid it out there. He didn't get pay, he didn't get play, but he's mm-hmm. still um, some 10 years uh, after the fact still speaking about that, and that speaks volumes for me. Right. Um, when he when when he did the song and, and at the Grammys and got the heat from it, it allowed him a platform to get that out because I looked at. Um, from my gay and lesbian friends, I thought that Hozier and the Take Me to Church was right. the yes. anthem of yes. that, but it didn't get the the, the, no. the writing and the play um, that this Macklemore song did, and and so I was kind of struggling with that, thinking, and why shouldn't uh, a white person or even a right. non-gay uh, person speak about those kind of things? One right. of the mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. that I think that's troubling for me in my society is that we don't allow people to co-sign on to our cause. Mm-hmm. And not because they haven't lived the experience, because they don't resemble us, right. even though we are looking for inclusion in society. I think it's it's imperative uh, of us to be empathetical about those that are in the majority looking to help and support those mm-hmm. of us in the minority. And right. I don't think we do a good job of that. Well, it, it, it's yeah. a two-sided problem. I mean, it's yes. not just, you know... I, I don't want to say it's a two-sided problem, but obviously there's, you know, two sides to it. So both sides have to participate in fixing right. it. It's not just, you know, oh, well, we'll let, you know, the black people take care of this and they're <laughs> going to be part of the conversation yeah. and we'll just coast it and through. No, we have to be uncomfortable. And the yeah. problem is the white privilege, exactly. but, right. but we, no white people are involved. And the other thing too. is there's two, there's two parts to the issue, too. And we have to realize, respectively, those are two important parts. Yeah. One of it is, you're right, we're not giving... Uh, minority groups, the respect and the voice. The Oscars just happened. That was a huge thing. And that is a thing. But by an ally speaking for us, it doesn't mean it takes... It means the both have to work. They both have to And they are both important. One doesn't take away Mm -hmm. from the other, but together those things can can be beautiful, you know? And I think... think the folks who've been at this for a long time, like I have, mm-hmm. um, have have evolved into that. I mm-hmm. think mm-hmm. I think you sort of sometimes you just touch on there's just some surf under the surface kind of irritation right. that you know sometimes get touched off by yep. things, and yep. so it takes a minute to kind of let that kind of right. chill a little mm-hmm. bit mm-hmm. and then well, get back to understanding and, what the bigger issues are, you know, because that happens for me too. And I, yeah. you know, I, I own that, that sometimes I just, it just, you know, it's like, ah, 
you know, right. here we go again. And so yeah, it takes yeah, a minute yeah. to kind of step back. Well, and you stated something earlier that um, that I think is very is something we don't think about, which is the fact where you said, I can say something in one minute, yeah. mm-hmm. this amazing thought. Two seconds later, later, a white person comes up, says the same thing, and we're lauding them. So I think there is... In that fact, in culture, there is that implicit racism that, that you talked about, Phil, yeah. that is there. And yet we have to find a way to to accept the movement forward and say it's not right. I mean, yes. it's not fair yes. by any means. Yeah. But it is that we have to work against that. The automatic response inside of us is to get ticked mm-hmm. off. Yeah. Yeah. And we all, like you stated, we all have something. We all have touch points that oh, are just yeah. like, you yeah. just yeah. push my button. Exactly, exactly. They're, and they're that's, easy to hit. But in, therein is the intrinsic, intrinsic yeah. problem in our culture. Yeah. Is how do you get past implicit well, racism, well, which is so mm-hmm, under the mm-hmm. surface and yeah. half of us don't know. The yeah. white yeah. privilege. Well, I talk to people about, um, I, I was born in South Carolina, so I'm mm-hmm. from the South. Mm-hmm. And what I tell people is, um, I feel more comfortable in the South because it's explicit. Mm, so Southern right. folks, sure. and, and I'm talking about specifically about racism, but I mm-hmm. think it applies for other isms as well. But yeah. if a if a if a white person in the South doesn't like you because you're black, there's really no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You just really know that. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And so there's there's a bit of huh. safety in that because you know exactly Absolutely. the stance of that yes. person. So, yeah. but here, and I'm speaking of Spokane specifically, yeah. um, people are so darn nice and polite <laughs> that you <laughs> right. don't know yeah. where yeah. you stand with right. people, and that's the truth. And that's a very scary place to sure. be because yes. people will say exactly what they think they're supposed to say yeah. Yeah. to your face, mm-hmm. and then you hear all kinds of things yeah. about what's happened when the doors are closed, sure. and they think sure. and they think there's nobody black there because right. there are folks that they're right. not aware well, of who are people of color so yeah so that's a yeah. very scary thing and so i agree with you i think part of the process of moving forward for me at least i think is to to identify and recognize that we all have biases mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really uncomfortable to identify and recognize that uh, mm-hmm. but we all have them and that's yeah. the starting place for the conversation well and i think it's really uncomfortable for people to identify biases because then that means hey it's on you to fix that Absolutely. and yeah. you right. have to take responsibility yes. for it and we can't do that we can't <laughs> allow ourselves to take responsibility Absolutely. for you know that uh, means i have to do something exactly yeah. well it's why so many uh, i think in all of the people who get really angry and all of yeah. the their response what i see is don't make me do something mm-hmm. if yeah, yeah, i yeah. have this <laughs> conversation <laughs> yep. why like why are there books that talk about out of nowhere we talk about black privilege oh, and that's, that's i didn't even know thing. that was yeah. a thing until i'm doing this research but there are people who yeah. wrote books on it they go on certain news fox news they go on there and they have <laughs> i mean in a minute we're going to talk about beyonce let's okay. not i mean that was yeah. a whole what um but there are these things and i think it's an elaborate way to go listen like i this is so big and i don't have I don't have the strength for the guilt that I mm-hmm. think I will make myself feel. Yeah. But they don't even know what's behind that wall because they won't even peek behind their curtain. Yeah. yeah. You know? And that speaks uh, to me, um, Jonathan, to we need education. And I'm not talking about yeah. academia. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about um, the education that has created what we call colorblindness. Yes. Right? And we've heard yeah. that term. Yeah. yeah. And that's just a, essentially a colloquialism for racism. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this this color blindness it's not an accident. It's it's taught to us in our living rooms, in our homes, 
in our light groups, etc. In a sense, it's saying let's not recognize the differences that we have. But race is 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 so deeply interwoven in whom we are, in our traditions, in our cultures, yeah. in our talents, etc. Mm-hmm. That, that we're afraid to acknowledge that. Uh, you alluded to it earlier, Jonathan, that you might say something uh, that might be offensive. Right. Oh, no. but, but silence is worse, yeah. or yes. that or that yes. colorblind right. statement is even worse because. Instantly, when I hear that, and I, I'm assuming uh, Sandy's going to nod her head too, that puts up the red flag for me. I'm nodding. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, it's like if yeah. you want to make, if you want to automatically piss me off, yeah, tell me you yeah. don't see color. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> that's right. not progression. That's right. regression. Absolutely, yeah, that's, that's yeah. hiding yeah. how we're it is different. Hiding. Mm-hmm. If 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 mm-hmm. a if mm-hmm. a phone company, uh, Android, I'm a, I'm a smartphone uh, <laughs> Android mm-hmm. holder can get it in, in their uh, slogan, be different, but be together. Remember yeah, that campaign? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Why can't amazing. we as a society get that? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because apparently, if we're, we're going to talk about Starbucks later, in corporations, it doesn't work the same. Yeah. Well, and I think I love that point that it's not about, you know, us being all the same and, oh, well, colorblindness, don't, don't mind mm-hmm. that. It's celebrating yes. who we are as different people, but allowing ourselves to be okay with that. Exactly. And it goes, I mean, the LGBT community is the same way where, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, you have the pride and you're allowed to celebrate yourself, but we're still supposed to be in a you know, world that's a peaceful yeah, if you're too, society. But if you're too different in the LGBTIA right? exactly. yeah. community, we don't mm-hmm. like that either. Yeah, exactly. they'll push you right down. Wow. They'll push you right down. And yeah. yeah, and don't you think in the end it's the horrible part of human nature? Is that it doesn't matter what, we just want you to look as close to me as I can possibly get. Because when you're all going on your own path, that freaks me out. Yeah, it doesn't make you feel safe. Right. Well, we're we're taught that difference is scary and difference is bad and difference is wrong. That's that's the message that you get. If you little, little, little kids don't get that, but as you start getting enculturated Mm -hmm. and indoctrinated Mm -hmm. into the belief belief systems of the culture, that the other is automatically assumed to be yeah. bad, whatever sure. that other yeah. is. Yeah. Anything that's other, not for me. me. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, hatred yeah, yeah. is taught. Yes. Prejudice Absolutely. is taught. Absolutely. Absolutely. A child doesn't even realize they're supposed to think that something is different than them until they are told Absolutely. that that is yes. different. One of the things I want to I want to talk about is this. Do you think it takes away from the debate? When we are we are bringing up questions like oh like we talked about earlier he's doing it for his own benefit he's using he mentions it in the song you know we take from black culture um, he knows that at some point he gets some success from what he gets there of course, but of then a lot of people who want to shut down the debate make it all about you're just trying to use uh, uh, people's situations for this do you think that takes away from the debate that maybe we we could be having I don't think so. I think mm-hmm. I again I mean I just I think my attitudes have changed over the years. I think being in the trenches for decades sort of shifts how you feel about things, but um I at, I'm at the place where I don't care how <laughs> yeah. the conversation gets started Absolutely. anymore. Right. Um yeah. it needs to get started and if Macklemore is the catalyst for that or whoever else is the catalyst mm-hmm. for that, hooray because mm-hmm. what it does is it moves us a notch further sure um, okay you know okay. whether you like him or don't like him mm-hmm. the fact that we're even having this conversation on the air right now is moving this right conversation further in mm-hmm. a in a way that it needs to happen so i'm all for that hooray Absolutely. right yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny when you ask that question because a lot of people will hear his uh album and say "Ooh, that's going to uh alienate the very people that he is uh, getting to buy his records that are showing right. up to his concerts or, or concerts, but the, con- the the converse is true as well. 
and that's why you don't see many black artists um, doing these social political mm-hmm. albums because they know that young white folks are buying their albums too. Right. And they don't want to appear militant or progressive right. or, sure. or they don't want to have yeah. a social or political uh, platform. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them out there are doing that. And I know we'll get into discussion about that later, but the majority of them, they don't want to tap their money source either. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, right. And it's about who's, who's in charge. Who's in of, charge. Yeah. Of um, like the, the power folks mm-hmm. for the most part who are deciding which artists get, Put out there, yes. yeah, are yeah. not the ones that are supporting social consciousness. Uh, well, yeah, because it, it hits their pocket. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you think? You know, as an artist in our society, what do you think the role and responsibility is to challenge these things? You know, Macklemore challenges it. Uh, we'll talk in just a second about Beyonce song formation. That kind of, you know, uh, talks about these big issues. What is the role for artists? I think the artists are um, uh, akin to the president, where the president has the bully pulpit and can go out there and say these things and get these uh, Mm -hmm. messages across where others wouldn't have the platform. Artists have the same responsibility. And I mentioned earlier in in our broadcast a gentleman by the name of Tef Poe, um, and he said it would be a disservice and he would feel that he were a sellout if he didn't speak up about these things. And he's got a great album, and I'm going to plug it here. Go ahead. Go ahead. Was the name of his album, War Cry. War Cry. And it spoke about um, the things that were going on in Missouri after the Mike Brown shooting. And it is an indictment of um, the government, uh, the senators, uh, the mayor, et cetera. And it's just uh, about the anger and and those things. And he said, if I don't make another album in my career, if I don't get another cent from from things, at least I did my part. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And I think that when I when I look at, you know, the only perspective I have is the one that I grew up with. The only perspective I come from is where I am today. And it is my job to see beyond that, to work, to go further than that. And I'll say when when Macklemore started getting attacked, I kept thinking. But as an artist, I feel like he is just trying to make sense of whatever it's, you know, he wanted to do the same sex thing and talk about it. It wasn't about that. Oh, this is a hot topic issue, at least Mm -hmm. not in my Mm -hmm. opinion. And when this came out, it seemed like, like you said, he started this conversation of the white privilege years and years ago. And then this was his, his take on everything that's going on, uh, you know, with black lives matter and all of these things and what it was like for him to internalize it. And I feel like we're punishing artists for doing what they're supposed to do which is dissect life and say, this is where I am. Yeah. I don't think we stand up and say we're prophets. We don't. We just stand up and say, this, for mm-hmm. me in this moment, yeah. mm-hmm. is, is how I see it. But let's go right to Beyonce's formation yeah. and talk about the crazy, like, w- it was like a kaleidoscope of, it, <laughs> of, of craziness that yeah. started. I mean, they had news programs all over Fox News where yes. Fox News was so mad. And then they brought on Rudy Giuliani, who was also so mad so at mad Beyonce. At yeah. Right? Yeah. Over a Super Bowl performance. Well, it was, the funniest it was, one that I saw was yeah. on Facebook where somebody said, Oh my God, the white America discovered that Beyonce was black. Yes. yes. SNL S- did S- the SNL greatest did the, skit so known to man. Yeah. And yeah. It, was that, it was hysterical yeah. because yeah. it's like. You know, I, too, was kind of scratching my head going, you know, but I have to tell you, I, the, you know, I glanced because I'm not, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. sort of a football person. I sort yeah. of turned it on at halftime. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But as soon as I saw the Afros, I was yeah. like, oh, Oh, this is going to go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is. Well, and they were out. wearing those cool outfits and then yes. all of a sudden they're like, oh, yeah. she's trying to support the black. I'm yes. like, what are you freaking out about? Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah she's going to come after you. Yeah. What <laughs> they're, they're afraid of. And that's before we get more into what 
the craziness was let's listen to yeah, uh, Beyonce's song for Let's play it for those of you who haven't heard it. You are back with KYRS Medical Lake Spokane 88.1 and 92.3 FM, and this is Outspoken. And this is the time where we like to thank everybody out there who supports us. Outspoken receives support from the Unitarian Universalist Church of Spokane, serving the community with a non-dogmatic religious environment, welcoming all people regardless of race, sexual orientation, gender identity, or physical ability. More information is available online at uuspokane.org or 509-325-6383. Outspoken receives support from Northwest Fair Housing Alliance, a local nonprofit that provides education, counseling, and advocacy to help eliminate housing discrimination and ensure equal housing opportunity. Information available at 1-800-200-FAIR and online at nwfairhouse.org. Outspoken is funded in part by the Pride Foundation. More information, visit pridefoundation.org. Outspoken receives support from Mediterrano Restaurant, Mediterranean-inspired cuisine featuring fresh Mediterranean, Persian, and Northwest ingredients, serving lunch and dinner daily and brunch every Sunday. Located in downtown Spokane at 19 West Main Avenue. More information at 309-3116. Outspoken receives support from Nine Bar and Bistro, uh, featuring a full bar, food menu, and trivia on Thursday nights. Located at 232 West Sprague Avenue. More information is available at 509 Seven four seven one six two one. Yes. So thank you to everyone who supports us. If you are just joining us, this is Outspoken Presents Uncomfortable Conversations Dissecting the Black and White Divide. Of course, we have special guests in studio, uh, Phil Tyler and Hello. Sandy Williams. Hello. Uh, welcome you both. As we continue this conversation, we just listened to Beyonce's Formation, which got such, you know, compared to Macklemore, it, it got the same... <laughs> kind of outcry but in a totally different way notoriously (laughs) and most entertaining was fox news having multiple shows on how dare beyonce do this song of the super bowl one of the things they brought up was she had a police escort to the super bowl first of all because she's beyonce secondly (laughs) that how dare she show up in costumes inspired by the black panthers and doing a Malcolm X formation on the Super Bowl field and saying in her song, cops stop shooting blacks, as if you cannot have uh, support for some policemen and still say, you know, there's a problem in this country right now and it keeps happening. Let's talk about even uh, Rudy Giuliani (laughs) coming out and saying we should be building respect for police officers and she's taking it away. Let's talk about why in the world did the world go crazy and forget, you know, it's it's like SNL said, it's like white people forgot Beyonce was black. Yeah, I, and I think that's that's where you start. We we have to start with white privilege uh, with regards to that. Um, I, I think that sometimes white America doesn't concern themselves with uh, people of color until it um, starts to um help develop their unrealistic fear Mm -hmm. um the black Mm -hmm. uniforms um beyonce went from having good hair as we would call it in the (laughs) black community you know long and straight and and big curls to uh, a natural peasy hair she became angela davis in an instant right Mm -hmm. and that that scares white people yeah um you know but what's funny about that yeah. is is white people generally don't have to be concerned about their actions being ascribed to a race. Yeah. But when Beyonce does this, all of a sudden it's a broader stereotype of group activities. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. white privilege. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's true. That, that's that, that's white privilege. Yeah. yeah. I and think there's a line that you're not able to cross. Um, right. I think as a black person, you're accepted 
um, as long as you don't cross this line. And sure. I think as black people, we know what that is. Right. Um, so as a person who's an activist, you sort of have to make a choice in your life about how you dance across mm. that line. Because at that point, even folks who profess to be progressives and liberals as such will back away. Right. Um, and that's for me is a is a disheartening thing and a frustrating and an angering thing. But but Beyonce got just a little bit too black. She right. stepped <laughs> her little foot over yeah, that line. Right. Yeah. And, and people and went nuts. They, they did, nuts. and it's yeah. you yeah. know, and it's yeah. sort of it's not surprising because you know, like I mentioned, when I saw the Afros, I went, oh, here it comes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's know? too well, much. That's, uh, that's <laughs> a little too much. And it reminds yeah. me, and I think it's the same thing, just. Just, you know, put in different costumes. But don't you think so in 1964, uh, Nina Simone did her amazing mm -hmm. song, Mississippi Goddamn. And in that song, she mentions, listen, you told me if I washed and cleaned my ears, you'd stop calling me Sister Sadie. And it's almost like Beyonce has played nice mm -hmm. until now. And we have let her have a career and money. And now with that yep. too far blackness, now we're like, hey, and it mm -hmm. feels like it's the same weird uh, you know conversation of you know as long as you play by these rules mm -hmm. we're happy with yeah. you we're allowing you to have yes. this right as long as you play by our rules so the <laughs> racism in 1964 <laughs> that nina simone sang about is actually still here still, we oh, just make a different oh, like yeah. covering for yeah. it well yeah it's, it's still here monster. and i think that's part of i think that's part of the privilege is that mm -hmm. black people mm -hmm. know it's still here yes always been i here. think yeah. white mm -hmm. folks um I was, I was, I promised I wasn't going to use his name, but I can't help it. But <laughs> I think y you're not friend in mine, Donald Trump, oh, yeah. is helping mm -hmm. us, helping the country as yes. a whole recognize what we already know right. exists. exists. Exactly. Sure. And um, I think you're right. We talked the racism's yeah, there. before the that show even there. started mm -hmm. that there's going to be white privilege that comes out, you know, of our, our heads because we don't even realize. Yeah. And then, but you're right, Donald Trump, for all the crazy yeah. that is that man, <laughs> he's finally bringing, to and the, he obviously doesn't mean to, but he's bringing him, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. we're looking at a telescope uh, yeah. right oh, now. Yeah. And, what's, and, what's, he's it. and what's surprising for me, well, actually not surprising, but what's, I guess it is, is it's, what's surprising for me is how unaware so many people are. Like people right. are so stunned mm -hmm. yes. by the behavior Absolutely. and you know and and in my circles we're kind of like well yeah <laughs> right it's there well you let's know? bring it to the presidential race really quick just to mm -hmm. ask is it it's kind of scary for me to see i'm glad he's bringing this up and we're all but there's a whole group that we're seeing that doesn't care mm -hmm. that they will still support such such like yeah. out there hatred yeah. and bigotry and that and maybe we need to see it in order to address it, but it's scary to think. Again, you it's, know. it's intruding on the status quo. How um, racism and white privilege is sustained is by not touching mm -hmm. what currently exists, mm -hmm. sure. by avoiding sure. what currently exists, mm -hmm. by titling it colorblindness, mm -hmm. yeah. by not yeah. recognizing our differences. And when you start to in, intrude on those, that's when those persons uh, come to the forefront. And, and, and because we're talking about politics and because we, we began this with Macklemore, I have to go back to Eminem's White America. Oh, mm -hmm. And one of the uh, um, quotes from that song is this, and I think this is apropos for what's happening today in politics. Sometimes it feels less like the United States of America 
and more like the divided states of embarrassment. And yeah. that's kind of how I feel about the political arena today. In the I was going to sure. say, and sure. that was very prophetic because where we are, it's, that's exactly that's where we are. completely true. I mean, we see this divide of people and it's, and you know, it does kind of correlate to the states, but I think we see them everywhere. It, you know, even friends uh, in your own backyard that you see, hey, they're a Trump supporter. What the heck is happening here? Right. Why do people, you know, allow themselves uh, all of a sudden to be uh, more like you know, Mississippi racism, you know, Southern racism, where it's outright, yeah. it's just blatant. I and, had, you know, that's 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 coming out really yeah. hard. Well, I had someone tell me this week that they're like, what was scary is all of a sudden on your Facebook page, you're like seeing mm. your friends and they're coming out with things Absolutely. and you're like, wait, yeah. I don't yes. remember that side of you. And you have yes. to start being more aware mm-hmm. of who we surround ourselves yeah. with. Yeah. And, you know, they say, obviously, that uh, politics, religion, all those divide us. But at the same time, Sometimes it's good to know what, you know, my neighbor's thinking, you know, <laughs> it, it really is. It really I is. Agree. Well, and I think, you know, there's a lot of people out there who will make uh, comments that they don't perceive as racist. Uh, and then they'll say, well, you know, it's not racist because it's true. And they'll, you know, they'll divide it in all these certain ways. Um, like who is the the reporter? Uh, Wendy Bell, Wendy who Bell. yeah, yes. Wendy Bell, ex reporter for the ex reporter. Yes. There you go exactly. with her comments. So I, you know, what it, what does it take for people to understand? You know, you are first of all racist when you make these comments. They are racist no matter what you think. And how do we you know move on beyond that? And you're responsible for yeah, your words. You are responsible yeah. for your words. Well, I think you know the 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 good and the bad about social media mm-hmm. is that. The bad is that everything's out there, and right. I don't it necessarily is. think everything needs to be out there. Right. But the good of everything being out there is that you have these teachable moments, mm. um, wow. because yes. that's certainly a teachable wow. moment. Oh and, yeah. Um, and and I don't I don't think you can grow unless you have those because we right. all we all um, stumble, bumble, say dumb <laughs> things, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Um, part of the privilege is that you feel like you can just do that with impunity yes. like you don't have mm-hmm. to right. worry about it that's part of the privilege and so so part of the educational process is that um in the age of social media everybody's watching yes um, Every- everybody's yeah. hearing everybody's mm-hmm. seeing and so i don't think it's about um having to be so um careful because i don't think that's the correct thing right mm-hmm. but i think it's about understanding that there are consequences mm-hmm. when you say that stuff exactly. and 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 to own that yeah. And then to move forward, but if you, but what people typically do is they get defensive and, and they go, "I'm case. not racist," oh you know, yeah, and, and it's your fault because you took it that way. Yes, because yes. there it is. Yeah. I was, ju- and then yeah. the way she tried to justify it made her even more Absolutely. racist. Absolutely, yeah. the justification yes. comes in instead of going, you know, "Dang, I screwed up." Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't aware that mm-hmm. it would cause that. Those reactions. Right. Now mm-hmm. I am. Right. You know, if people would just do that, right. I think it, we could go a long ways towards moving forward. Exactly. And I think I have to say yeah. on to her that what is more shocking is in this country, we we used to anyways, put a lot of pressure on journalists because they know better because you have to know better because people know better. look at your words every single mm-hmm. day. Yep. Yep. And yep. then the racism is so blatant that it didn't even cross your mind mm-hmm. that that would be. And that makes it even worse for me. You know, it's I mean, it, it's not good when it ever shows up, but the uh, neighbor down the street and then this woman who is in people's living rooms constantly. Mm-hmm. What made you think? 
yeah, with that this pulpit, was ever okay. Because yeah. the yeah. folks, I yeah. hold I hold people who have pulpits yeah. um, to a higher standard. Yeah, so like be. what Joe Blow says yeah. um, is of less consequence, not that it uh, is of no consequence, right. but mm-hmm. of less mm-hmm. consequence than somebody who's in a who's been voted into a public office yeah. or exactly. somebody, because, they, because the yes. sway that yes. they have <laughs> on mm-hmm. folks is better. And so I think the accountability where they're concerned should be higher. Exactly. Yeah. I, yeah. I completely agree. And I, I think, and, and, and perhaps uh, Jonathan and Sergey, you were both touching on this. To me, the Wendy Bell story, y- you have to have the whole story. I mean, the mm-hmm. statements she made about the, the shooting in itself were mm-hmm. patently yes. racist. Absolutely. But when 100%. she went further on, mm-hmm. it, the, the whole text mm-hmm. of it, you know, saying, yes. but there's hope. You know, we saw right. this young black <laughs> yes. man in the restaurant and he was working so hard. Yes. And I'm using a, a tone of voice that, that, that may be offensive <laughs> that to some, but I apologize. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because that, that, that's, that, that's that misstep that Jonathan mm-hmm. talked about making. And maybe yeah, that will offend some people, but I don't mean yeah. to offend someone. But she said, there was this young black man in this restaurant. He was working yeah. so hard. And even he got down on his knees and picked up the crumbs from right. these people in this fine dining establishment. Yes. And he has hope to become better than these people out there. That in itself is insulting. Yes. When oh, I read yeah. that passage, yeah. I was yeah. more insulted than, than, than the yeah. shooting thing. Because oh, you can make yeah. assumptions about uh, the shooting and the suspects, et cetera, right. and, and, and their background. But to say that somehow a, a busboy in a restaurant right. is somehow progression for an exactly. African-American well, man. It's... And a tap on the back oh, from yeah. the store owner, yeah. restaurant owner, who was white. Right. It's somehow a reaffirming right. of his worthiness. Well, it's in this that country. same oh. thing of yeah. uh, wash and clean your ears and we'll stop calling you Sister Sadie. Mm-hmm. It's it's mm-hmm. this it's almost like the condescension with with which mm-hmm. that is done puts her above mm-hmm. that person, a white woman above this African-American uh, worker. It it is there is that racism that from 1964 that we like to pat ourselves on the back and say doesn't exist in 2016. And. There it is, just in different words. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yes. And one of the things that was brought up uh, by the whole Beyonce Super Bowl thing was they said, oh, this is the new theme for Black Lives Matter. And as if it's yes. a bad thing, which is happening in this country, that Black Lives Matter exists. We have things that came up after, like the police force came up with Police Lives Matter. Blue Lives Matter. Yeah, Blue Lives Matter. So instead of a conversation, what we're doing is is taking stances against each other. And I want your your views on the Black Lives Matter movement, which of course uh, came out of the Trayvon Martin um, incident in Florida mm-hmm. um, after Zimmerman was acquitted of killing Trayvon Martin. So can you... Tell us what your take on Black Lives Matter, which started on social media and has Correct. become this gigantic mm-hmm. movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think I'm going to because I'm going to veer a little bit and sure. talk about my newspaper. Because, Do it. Absolutely. Yes. Um, yeah. Because I think it I think they're parallel points. Um, when I started the Black Lens, I can't and I wrote this and I was just saying I just my column in this month's paper is what is so scary about a black newspaper? Mm-hmm. And I was speaking to that because I think what's so scary about Black Lives Matter is sort of the same thing as what's so scary about a black newspaper. I can't tell you how many times people have asked me why a black paper like why does it have to just be black? Like right. can't it be multicultural or yeah, you know, right. um, <laughs> you know and there's sort of an assumption that um, people make all kinds of assumptions about what the intention of it is is to right. it's gotta be anti white if it's black. Oh, oh, yeah. Um it's gotta be militant mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. not even just militant, but you know, certainly my agenda is to murder everybody who's white. Sure, or, right, sure. You know, that kind of stuff. And so I think it's the 
the same thing where yeah. where black people standing up and saying um, black lives matter threatens that there's that line and again we're crossing that line by yeah. saying mm -hmm. you know okay we've been nice right and polite right. for a very very long time and we're sort of a little irritated with being nice and polite all the time exactly and, and in this day in this moment we're saying this issue is important right and so i you know and so i think for me that's what it is it's that that voice and that tone which mm -hmm. is not acquiescent which mm -hmm. is not you know, sort of kowtowing down, yes. which is not, I'm not going to back up because it makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. That's yeah. really threatening to people. And, and the fact that young people have gotten to the place where they're like, we're not having it anymore. And it's yeah. starting, and it's starting to creep in like mm -hmm. Beyonce's right. getting black. And, <laughs> yeah. Right? It's you know, everywhere. It's yeah. just yeah. It's yeah. like infecting the country. Right. Yeah. You know? so, yeah. And, uh, and everybody's getting uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's yeah. that fear. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Well, and I, I think it, it speaks to what um, some segments of white America believe that um, how we should protest, meaning they they still exist in the 60s civil rights era. Mm -hmm. It should be uh, nonviolent. It should be quiet protest. It mm -hmm. should be uh, mm -hmm. this. This is not 1968 anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although there are there are horrific things still going on. You have different leaders. You have different groups that are coming forward. And and it does create the fear that Sandy spoke to that somehow we're out there to kill or assault or assail people uh, because the media whom controls what we see will only give you those glimpses of glimpses of those persons that aren't representative mm -hmm. of the black life movements. They are there just to do bad things. Mm -hmm. Right. And what will happen is because of the fears that are that are born that want to continue this 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 racism and, and um, this this degradation uh, or, 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 or um, you know negative terms of black protest they'll show that the negative side of it those yeah. that aren't even involved in the protest and say see this is what black Lives matters is about it's about violent looting etc no it's not yeah no it's not and it's not to say that any other lives or blue lives don't matter no it doesn't because yes. we want law yeah. enforcement in our communities yeah. Yeah. just as much as the law enforcement law enforcers want to be there. right mm -hmm. well uh, and i think you know there's that fear that you know both of you touched on where it's oh my gosh you know the black black people are coming to take us kind of thing yeah. and uh you know it, it doesn't take away black lives matter does not take away from any other lives it's black lives matter too mm -hmm. as well specifically yeah. that right. they matter as well in the context of you know the bigger universe and i think uh a, a lot of people the policemen got really offended by that saying well why do you get the special privilege all of a sudden why do you why are your lives so much better than mine but you know i it's to me it's just so uh so profound that we can't you know see the difference in right. macklemore's song uh the the original version there's a line that says you know to use an analogy black lives matter uh is like uh, a complex, a housing complex, and one of the houses is mm. on fire. The right. fire truck isn't going to go put water on all the other houses because all houses matter. Right. It's going right. to put it on the one that's burning because yes. it needs the help the most. Yep. Exactly. And that you know that speaks exactly what Black Lives Matter is. It's well, it's helping the community in need. And I yeah. think what we're taught in this country, all yeah. minority groups, I think, are expected to live apologetically. You were talking about yes. kowtowing yes. and being. Yes. I think we we I used to call it the Southern way. That's mm -hmm. how my mother wish I would live. You can be gay, but let's not talk about yeah. it. And please <laughs> right. yeah. always know that yep. you yep. should yep. feel a little bad. You should feel yeah. bad. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I think that yeah. is so part of the fabric of the culture. And that's part of the problem. Mm -hmm. And with the Black Lives Matter movement, what is 
more concerning. You talk about the way the press has uh, sensationalized a lot of it to make it more ratings friendly is what mm-hmm. I like to think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and But the problem is, have we missed the point that the whole point is people are being shot? You can't tell me it's not a problem in this country when you have... Tons of young black people being killed by police officers. Obviously, there is a problem there that maybe the real thing is let's come together and try to figure out how that figure can stop is, instead yeah. of yeah. making it your fault mm-hmm. or your fault mm-hmm. and drawing a line in the sand with Blue Lives Matter and Black Lives Matter and why can't we come together? Let's start there. Why can't we? Yeah, I, it, I think for me, I think, well, first of all, I just wanted to say that I agree with you about, you know, in the LGBT community about not mm. being too proud. And I remember yeah, when yeah. pride wow. marches started, mm-hmm. it was about, okay, we're just a little bit too comfortable, right. uncomfortable with y'all being happy about being gay. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, yeah. we're okay with you being gay, just don't be happy about exactly. it. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Um, and so I think there's some of that in there. But yeah. um, why can't we come together? Um, so, um, for me, and I'm only speaking for myself, part of the um, challenge in terms of addressing the um, divide that I think that exists between the African-American community and the police force, and there's some wonderful work that's happening in Spokane mm-hmm. locally mm-hmm. to do um, the addressing Absolutely. of that. Um, they're on, on a variety of fronts, some of them coming through churches, some of mm-hmm. them coming through the, through the police department yeah. itself, some of them coming through the city government and the community, the NAACP. So there's a lot of movement in that area, which I think is mm-hmm. fabulous. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the things I applaud Spokane about is because we do try to address some things. Right. But one of the challenges for me in regards to some of that stuff is this. So I sat in on a forum, um, police forum, that was held at a, a, a black church. And one of the officers who I'm sure was well-intentioned um, talked about how he doesn't see color. Um, oh, and there I it don't is. Ri- oh, you know, it was, <laughs> yep. So it's like the hair is on the back yes. of my neck stand mm. up when, yeah. when, so this is a, this is a man who has a gun. Yep. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't, who, who isn't aware of the fact that yes, you do. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And, and, and in those split seconds when you're making decisions you your brain knows you see it Mm -hmm. whether you're aware of it or not that makes me really uncomfortable and so so if we can at least start the dialogue there so for me that's been the hold up because if you bring me into a room and you ask me to work with you and one of the first things out of your mouth are a dismissal of who I am then I'm not so willing to sort of pat you on the back and tell you how great a job you're doing as a police officer (laughs) and so that's part of the problem so we just I don't think we've gotten there yet Um, that's I'm still waiting for that moment Mm -hmm. and then I think we'll be able to move forward yeah and I think you know I, I've had a u- unique perspective to be on both sides. I worked for the sheriff's office for many years, sixteen years to be exact. Um, I don't work there any longer, but I understand the institutional thinking uh, that goes on within the department. And I'm speaking specifically um, for people of color. And I don't I don't um, purport myself to be the only voice for those uh, officers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and deputies and troopers uh, that work for the organizations. But I do know the experience that I had and those uh, that I communicated with in in the sense that in the past, we would call them bougie. Mm. And, and Sandra knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. um, and yeah, you probably know what I'm mm-hmm. talking about too. Um, but we're trying to protect that status that we have somehow gained mm-hmm. by hook or by crook, mm-hmm. uh, by mm-hmm. affirmative action or otherwise. Mm-hmm. Right. We have to protect that. And part of protecting that is aligning our belief sets 
with that institution, even if we go home in the evening and say, wow, there were some things that made me uncomfortable today, but I'm just surely not willing to stand up and talk about that. Right. And until we can get beyond that um, discussion, I mean, I'll even have discussions with my friends on social medias, on social media, he'll say, yeah, I, I agree with Black Lives Matter. I won't put the shirt on. Right. You know, and, and display <laughs> that because it might be damaging to my institution. Exactly. Huh. Yeah. But I do believe in it. Sure. Because we're trying to protect, again, the status exactly. quo. Well, this, what's funny is earlier when we were talking about entertainers, and we're talking about some entertainers more willing to step out, it feels the same. It's a self preservation that we're like, Absolutely. hey, Indeed. I've gotten this mm-hmm. far and I'm going to. But you're right. When do we get past yes. self preservation and get to reality? And uh, to speak to your point, Sandy, I think a lot of it. Also is why can't we start with the honesty of we may not have this right. You know, why and I you know, Sergey and I we've talked many times, we work with the police department, they're great, but the fact is there's a culture that has been created that I think is allowing Baltimore and is allowing Missouri and is allowing and it doesn't mean you, you're uh, not it, a person up there that mean means that you well. Individually, are yeah. a bad guy, so yes. or, or woman, yeah. and I think that's where we we're getting stuck because mm-hmm. any criticism of the institution, people take personally right. as if yeah. you're saying I, Jim, Joe, Jan, or whatever my right. name is, am a bad person, and right. we can't move past that. At least that's that's what right. I've been seeing mm-hmm. in the in mm-hmm. the dialogues. Yeah. Right, is that, and so then. Black people feel, and me in, in that context feel like I have to spend all of my time trying to make you feel okay. Right. Yeah. Right. And yeah. we don't yeah. ever really get to the yeah. real issue because exactly. it's all about trying to make you feel okay. And that yeah. gets old. And so and people exhausting. go. Exa- and yeah. And yeah. I'm not yeah. doing my da- My daughter keeps telling me, she says, Mom, you're getting really cranky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think part of that is, is I just don't want to play anymore. Right. That, yeah. that particular yes. game. Sure, sure. Of, you know, is like I got to pat you on the back for mm-hmm. a half an hour before mm-hmm. I can tell right. you one thing that I'm uncomfortable with. Exactly. And and I think particularly the young generation that are coming up, they're just not having that at all. Right. Um, right. So it's interesting for me to watch the as the process is moving forward. Yeah. Right. I, I think it really speaks to to what we talked about earlier. Sometimes um, black folks are offended when a non-black folk wants to sign on to their cause and support yes, yeah, because they yeah. haven't suffered. Yeah. Law enforcement is the exact same way. Huh? Yes. You cannot impugn one of our officers because you've not worn the badge, the star, mm-hmm. the shield, walked a mile in our boots. Although they have an internal affairs department and they exist for a reason. Yeah. There are bad officers. Yeah. The entire yes, department bad isn't bad, there, but yeah. there yeah. are bad officers. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And when you are. talk about that culture, we have... To look no further than our own department. Absolutely. And I yes. love yes. a majority of my officers on the department. Uh-huh. But there's a culture there that is yes. not only mm-hmm. related to people of color, but women as well. Yes. yes. And but women as well. I mean, yep. you, you, you yep. hear Donald Trump say and defend uh, Corey Lewandowski. Mm-hmm. I don't want to oh, damage yeah. an individual based on mm-hmm. a claim, but you're willing to damage a woman? Yeah. yeah. And the same thing exists or is existing right now in SPD. Yes. And again, I, I preface with, with I do love my SPD officer. Sure, but, but you have a situation yeah. where a woman was assaulted. But like you yeah. just and, said, and, and they would mm-hmm. rather be in the courtrooms applauding yeah. and, and and chiding the prosecutor versus sure the victim in yeah. this right? case. And, and you, that's a culture. Like issue. you said, we mm-hmm. do that all the time, where we're like, we just want to preface by saying, and we do, we have a great relationship with the officers that we work with, but it stops us from being as honest as we need to be. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that is you have it's just. 
innately part of uh, someone put in power. Police officers have to keep the, you know, keep citizens in line and all of that. And so you've built this where it's set an us versus them mentality. Mm -hmm. So why wouldn't we have an issue? And so, uh, you know, we met with the police ombudsman and we talked about why isn't there... Uh, Bart, good man. Yeah, he is a good man. Great, and it was a great conversation. Why isn't there more psychologists why isn't there more of those involved and why are we waiting until it's a a situation where someone was shot when let's just face it there's a reason they say absolute power corrupts absolutely because power will do that to you if you don't check in now absolutely and And i think Mm -hmm. that's our culture in the police force and it's okay to say okay something's getting out of hand because (laughs) i'm sorry you can try to explain one but what do you do when that one becomes, you know, a number exponentially? Yeah, dozens well, and dozens. Well, you blame the victim. How far can you, yes, blame, you blame the that's victim? That's what they do. That's All what's the happening is because yeah. if we don't if we don't make mm-hmm. it about mm-hmm. the black people mm-hmm. that they're being incompliant or non-compliant yeah. or they're criminals or there's got to sure. be something wrong with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if we don't do that, then that means we have to look at ourselves. Exactly. Yeah. We don't. That's, and, and that's really uncomfortable. It very. is, yeah. And so many people say, you know, if a policeman pulls you over, it's your fault. If you run, it's very yeah. much that mentality. Yeah. But, you know, I I know a lot of people who still to this day believe that, you know, just because, you know, you're a black person, you are more likely to commit a crime. Mm-hmm. That's what they will <laughs> right. tell just you. Be, yeah. That is the that for them is truth. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I think education part of that is definitely fixing it. But how do we fix the police uh, side of it, the divide, police, uh, police corps, uh, police cops and, uh, you know, black people? How do we fix that in Spokane and, you know, well, in the nation? Well, I think I mean, it's not just the police. I think the police are are human beings that yeah. that live within yes. this country and mm-hmm. this society. Mm-hmm. And this society is racist as a society. Mm-hmm. Sure. So so you can't grow up in that system. And mm-hmm. I, you know, and I speak to that, you know, with regards to the LGBTQ community as well. Because gay folks believe that because they're oppressed, they can't be racist. Yes. Too. Right. Wow. Right. And so yeah. cops believe they True. can't. Be, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So yes. you grew up in the same That's, country that mm-hmm. everybody else did, and so mm-hmm. you 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 have that stuff internalized. And so how can we fix it if we don't start there? If we don't start from an understanding that everybody here has that stuff in them, and mm-hmm. I share this example because right. um, I. Um, did I, I moved to Spokane when I was 12 and mm-hmm. I didn't leave here until I graduated from mm-hmm. college I went to WSU mm-hmm. so f- my formative years were in Spokane where I was in the minority so I was around majority white people not right. around very many black folks um, I went to LA um, and I was in a went to a shopping mall um, in an in an area of LA that was predominantly black mm-hmm. um, and as I start walking around bop bop bopping around um, I started looking around. God, there are a lot of black people here. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I felt myself uncomfortable. Now, this is in retrospect me telling you the story, yeah. so I'm able to kind of laugh about it. Right. But that was fairly traumatizing at the time. Yeah. Because what I'm thinking to myself is the same way I'm thinking about those folks. Now, I'm calling them those folks as if it's not me. Mm. Right. Is how white people think about me. Right. Right. Um, and where did that me- where did those messages huh. come from? Same right. place everybody else right. gets them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the part that we're not getting. Sure. And yeah. so and that's the privilege of not be- having is. to think mm-hmm. about that. Because mm-hmm. sometimes I'm, I'm in Spokane yeah. looking around you know, I yeah. was I was in a bank the other day and it's like, does anybody else notice that 
every single person in this bank is white. Like yes. Every <laughs> single yeah. person. Wow. And, yeah. I, you know, and I think, does anybody else notice that but right. me? Huh. Um, that's part of the privilege of not having to think about that stuff. And right. so what we can do about that is, I, I think, getting the dialogue to start at that level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Getting people to just pay attention yeah. is this for me is a starting point. Right. Well, we we like to say that America is a melting pot, and I feel like that was a marketing campaign from way back in the day. Because let's be honest, even from the beginning, we put people in their wards. You had this neighborhood for the Polish, yeah. mm-hmm. you had yep. this neighborhood yep. for the Italians, Segregated and out. everybody mm-hmm. hated each other. <laughs> so the melting pot never really melted. <laughs> and so we need to be honest and say, okay, we do have this huge centuries old issue of we it is us versus them no matter who we are you know what i mean jonathan Mm -hmm. if we want america to be the melting pot you gotta turn the heat up yeah right and that's what black lives matters is doing that's when things start to melt that was the greatest okay I love it. That's when things start to melt. That was church right there. Yeah. (laughs) That's what that was. But that's brilliant, and that's an excellent point that we don't think about because we would rather just have it be on mild, you know, Mm -hmm. and and still get there. Well, that's not how how change happens. Um, I think Sergey. It's messy. And I just, that's the other thing I just want to say is it's messy work, Mm -hmm. multicultural work diversity work yeah. anybody who's done it i know phil does it mm-hmm. it's messy stuff um, yeah. and for me that's part of the joy of it um <laughs> but for some people it's terrifying mm-hmm. it's funny i was on a uh, an advisory committee and when i worked at out at ewu and mm-hmm. there's an african-american person on the committee and we used to butt heads all the time about issues whatever they yeah, were yeah yeah and so this one particular meeting we were getting into it right yeah. Just, ah, <laughs> and looked around, and the people were freaked out. Yeah, Their eyes were Angry like black really people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, two, and yeah, not just, just one, two yeah. angry black women. Oh, you know, yeah. people, get out! They didn't know oh, what to do, and so yeah. but, but we yeah. get done arguing and hug mm-hmm. each other, and it's over. But but that whole vibrancy of disagreement mm-hmm. and right. being messy and all that kind of stuff is is um, yeah. for me that's sort of the 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 foundation of where right. where the where it starts and how you can move forward and yeah. i i view that as as um exciting mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and i and and i think we've sort of we we as a country have viewed it as negative right. and um there's something wrong with that yeah right? yeah and you have to disrupt the foundation before anything can grow from Absolutely. it it's the there only way to build um mm-hmm. we want to take a brief break really quick and we want to uh do a throwback to a song we mentioned earlier nina simone's mississippi goddamn back in 1964 she wrote a song she wanted to talk about the murder of medgar evers in mississippi the 16th street baptist church bombing in Birmingham, uh, killing four black children. And I want to say, uh, we have been doing this uh, this uh, show for three years, and I have been waiting for a moment <laughs> when I can play this song because <laughs> she is amazing, and this song Absolutely. is amazing. And finally, three years in, we have it. But what's even more interesting is to it shows how there are still too many similarities to 1964's Civil Rights Movement and today. So here's Nina Simone. 
You are back with KYRS Medical Lake Spokane 88.1 and 92.3 FM, and this is Outspoken. If you wanted to join this uh, heated conversation with us, you are more than welcome to. We are opening our lines. Well, as Phil said, we turn the heat up. We That's turn the, the only heat way up. <laughs> yeah. That melting pot works is to turn the heat up. Exactly. That yeah. number to call in is 509-747-3807, and you will have to be screened by the Curter, but... yes. Uh, what fun is that if you w- w- I, weren't screened? I have given him strict, strict <laughs> rules back there. Um, but yeah, please call in. We love it when people join the conversation. This has been amazing. If you have just joined us, of course, we have Philip Tyler, who is currently the sitting vice president of the NAACP Spokane chapter. And we have Sandy Williams, who is the publisher and editor of Black's Black Lens newspaper here in Spokane. Tell us again about the story that's coming out. That's been released for your, your current issue. Oh, well, I do. Um, so the, the newspaper comes out every month, so it's mm-hmm. a monthly. And in each issue, I do my own column. It's the editor's column. It's what's on my mind. Mm-hmm. And so this particular month, the column is what's so scary about a black newspaper. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's in response to the Spokesman Review did an article about me um, about a month or so ago. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I don't typically read comments on yeah. online yeah. articles. I just sort of have stopped doing that. But several of my friends said, don't read the comments. Smart so thing. I don't immediately, yeah. so, you know, yeah. so you, what you do I do? I, of yep. course, uh-huh. I went to yep. read the comments. Curiosity um, killed the cat. Absolutely. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, and so it was the gamut. I mean, everything from, um, so there was a lot of support, which was great. Good. Yeah. Um, but everything from, you know, the whole, um, there's no racism, um, right, to, which is your, to your racist, your paper's racist. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, gosh, yeah. if there was a an all white paper, that would be racist. And I was like, well, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it would be. Um, right. But you know that kind of stuff. And so, yeah. um, so anyway, that prompted yeah. me, and 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 the responses that I've gotten. Um, in the course of doing this, I, I'm a year and three months in, um, mm-hmm. and how many times I've been asked why focus on black, right? Yeah. Um, and so I just and 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 some of it, a lot of it is um, just sort of curiosity, but there's some of it where there's this sort of tinge to it mm-hmm. that's. Um, anger mm-hmm. or yeah. irritation or discomfort and so yeah. so that's where it came from what in the world it's like I'm a one person business like mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. threatening can I really be right. sure um, but but it really is threatening yeah. to some folks and um, I think it's that it's it's anything that's seated in fear. It is. You know, yeah. It's going to get all corrupted big now, time. Now, th- I feel like this is a bigger conversation. I kind of, I know we were going to go into no, uh, race go. together a little bit, but I'm going to uh, sidetrack this uh, just a bit. You know, all black uh, newspaper. Uh, I just read an article a little bit ago about the hit musical Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've heard of it. Yeah. And the controversy. And the controversy. Yeah. They they opened yeah. up uh, casting because they needed to recast a few characters. Non-white. And they said non-white. Yeah. Yeah. And how much controversy went with that. And, yep. you know, they're racist all of a sudden. All You know. Yep. And so it started uh, a lot of people, you know, back into the reverse racism. The black, pri- the black privilege, you know. Right. Oh, these black yep. people get so much privilege. You know, they get all these special treatment well, what, what, well, what it was it, interesting the yeah. same thing, thing happened when the whiz i don't know if y'all yeah. saw yes. when the they did the whiz yep. the live performance of the whiz and i actually covered that in the paper yeah um but the controversy surrounding the whiz 
is and what was funny i mean it wasn't funny to the people that made the comments but funny to me is that they were saying well if there was an all white version of the whiz right and i'm like why where, do you where think where have they been yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like yeah. why like, do you well, think there, there was is a, <laughs> yeah. you know but it's and uh, you know it's sort of you just kind of go okay this is 2016 yeah right um, yeah but i really um they're, oh, that's my favorite. I, I know. I, yeah, I have yeah. to take it, <laughs> harken it back, though. But I really think part of that is is education in this mm -hmm. country. Mm -hmm. um, our our children are woefully uneducated about anything that's not mainstream. Oh, so, yeah. so yes. that's not Absolutely. their fault. No. So mm -hmm. something that's not their fault. Um, I have a, one of the columns in my paper is things you should know that you probably didn't learn wow. in school. Yeah, so <laughs> true. And it's yeah. all about historical people mm -hmm. and things mm -hmm. that we don't get taught. Um, well, and let's face it, even what we are taught in history in school is really kind of biased towards, listen, Texas has passed a law where they can write their own history. Oh <laughs> yeah. I mean, what is happening? How awful. Yeah. yeah. How awful. So it's already a biased view. <laughs> and if you want the truth, you have to be that student who yeah. is seeks wanting to look you for seeks it. it out. Yeah. yeah. You have to yeah. take the initiative to. Mm -hmm. that, that's funny, but before I make this comment, I, I have to channel um, my inner Nina Simone because <laughs> yeah. no, do it. this conversation um, is, is truly worthy. And right now, I'm feeling good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Oh, that but, but, I, but, I, but, I, but I need to say that about the history and, and the textbooks because there was a, a recent article I read about Bainbridge, Washington. Yeah. And they were the, one of the first cities in America to intern Japanese Americans. I did not know that. Right. Yeah. I didn't know and that. And that should be a history that we know in Washington. Why yes. don't we, we know do. But no do you idea. think we don't yeah. talk about it because it's that whole thing of, wait, if we say in Washington right. we did that, we're going to feel really bad. We're going to yeah. feel bad. It's the colorblindness yeah. yeah. thing. Yeah. Well, we don't, we don't do that. We don't right. Do that. We, yeah. Just now hide we it, hide will it. tell you mm -hmm. that Texas does it because <laughs> they're our favorite whooping boys. That's right. Yeah, Texas, Mississippi, all the time. Yes, the bad ones. But that's crazy because I didn't know that either. Yeah, I had no idea. First things that come to mind is California, you know, every state yeah. but where we live yeah That's it's right. too yeah. close to home if it's here right. and we can't we mm -hmm. cannot look at that mm -hmm. um and i think it's really important for us to make sure you know we do that uh how many times do we not you know we not get taught these things until we find out we're like well that's so awful right. and yeah. same thing with native americans yes. you know we yeah. never oh, talk hugely. about those conversations yes. what can we do we just get mad about it yeah. and you know make comments on make newspaper comments about, yeah. on, then, online you know yeah. there's a, a speech and i printed this and i print this when i did my radio show um yeah. revolutionary spirituality every year in january i used to play uh, martin luther king's mm -hmm. um beyond vietnam speech mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and i reprinted it in the paper so it's sort yeah. of a mission of mine because i had never heard of that speech mm. now i went to i graduated from high school i went yeah. to college and got a master's degree yeah. and never heard of martin luther king's beyond vietnam speech until i happened to be driving down the street channel surfing on my radio and heard his voice and so i pulled over to listen to what he was saying and heard the speech and i was furious that I could go through that much schooling yeah, and nice. had never heard anything besides I Have a Dream, which yep. is a good speech, right. but Beyond Vietnam it's, yeah. was... It's the safe speech. Yeah. It's the safe speech. I mean, it's an yeah. amazing thing, but we mm -hmm. look Absolutely. at... We want mm -hmm. the fast food version Absolutely. that's really, let's just it make is. it fast it and process yeah. it. Absolutely. Yeah. And we and want the one that, that fulfills the narrative yeah. of yes. what it we're fits. presenting mm -hmm. about And it can be is. inspirational, but look at, we were just talking about movies earlier, mm -hmm. look at, and they say, you know, the big controversy over the Oscars, the fact is, until mm -hmm. we allow, we talk about the whitewash of, of movies, and we mm -hmm. also talk about with Stonewall, the movie, yeah. when it mm -hmm. came out, how yeah. it wasn't 
everybody was white. There wasn't, you yeah. know, black no drag queens. There was no, no black yes. drag queens. No. It's like, yeah. what the heck until happened to the black Until we can allow, yes. absolutely. Until we yeah. can allow those stories yeah. to be part yeah. Yeah. of our very entertainment, mm-hmm. we're in trouble. We're not going to be able mm-hmm. to see the truth, and we're still. It's not mass consumption safe. Well, yes. anymore. And, and uh, I have to to, and it made me pull up a quote. I always. Uh, utilized uh, from Martin Luther King when you said that. And this show speaks to this very quote, and and I'll tell you just a part of it. He says, cowardice asks the question, is it safe? Expediency asks the question, is it politic? Vanity asks the question, is it popular? But conscience asks the question, is it right? And there comes a time when we must take a position that is neither safe, nor politic, nor popular, but one we must take because it's right. You are having this show today mm-hmm. and talking about this discussion today, and you've been talking about it for a period of time because it's right. It's not yeah. safe for you. You've said yeah. that. Mm-hmm. It's not popular for you based on some mm-hmm. of the commentary. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's obviously not politically correct, mm-hmm. but it's right. Oh, yeah. And your conscience yeah. tells you that it's right. Mm-hmm. Our conscience, Sandy and myself, told us it's right to be on here and have this conversation. So thank you for that. Oh, thank, thank you. Thank you for coming on. Yeah. Yes. Because first of all, yeah. I have to say it's been a while uh, since we've had such an in-depth conversation about yep. something that is uncomfortable yep. mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i think that is where that is and where i like to say and I, right we <laughs> made Would it you look at that <laughs> <laughs> well i like to say that uh, destruction only begets destruction yes you know it yep. is in creation mm-hmm. that life begins yeah. and we are so afraid to, you know to get away from the tearing apart of each other and just start to work together and talk mm-hmm. and it I is think, i think there's a you know i think there's a fear of of um there's an anticipation of what could po- what the conversation could possibly be about. Right. Yes, um, and so that's the fear. I think there's a fear of what could this newspaper could possibly represent. Right. That's yeah. the fear, mm-hmm. and so it's like mm-hmm. it, you know, and so the the courageous act is to walk through that to the other side. And right. I, I had when I was um, living here a while back, I had a person. Um, talk to me about um they wanted to do be more inclusive and um Mm -hmm. diverse in their um business and like and bring more people in and so i said well here's what i do it's like you know i take myself out and i go visit um different communities different ethnic communities and you know that kind of stuff and most of the time i'm might be the only person of color or i might be the (laughs) only black person in you know maybe a a a mong group or you know another but you know Mm -hmm. um but that's what i do and so she looked at me and very earnestly and looked at me and said you know that seems kind of scary oh, wow and i said well it is yeah mm-hmm. not any less scary for me yeah and right. she said but you're used to that um which was really fascinating yeah. because the and this was a white woman the perception was that because i'm a black person living right. in a mm-hmm. in a, a majority right. white area that i'm somehow used to being right uncomfortable yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, well, no, I'm not. It makes yeah. me uncomfortable too right. to stand there and I'm all by myself looking yeah. around. Going, yeah. You know, yeah. it doesn't, that doesn't mm-hmm. feel any better yeah. for me. But the difference is, I think people of color are sort of forced to, and that's where we don't have privilege, yeah. mm-hmm. is that we're forced to be in situations constantly where mm-hmm. we're uncomfortable, mm-hmm. whether we want to or not. Don't make yeah. no difference. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, and then they right? assume you're just used to and it. And yeah. shouldn't yeah. the yeah. real yeah. reaction from her be like, oh, it's a problem that you, that I would assume you are always. Exactly. Uncomfortable. Maybe exactly. there's a problem in society yeah. Yeah. if you would be always uncomfortable. Yeah. You tell me all the time that I only t- you have to get out of your comfort zone yeah. Yeah, absolutely. in order yeah. to change anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we all as human beings, and it doesn't matter what yeah. a minority group or whatever we're, we're a part of, 
we have created lives that are our comfort zone. Yes. So yeah. it is always a choice yes. to yes. step out of it. And it doesn't matter if you get to be that rich white guy mm-hmm. who's straight and, you know, has all of this. Even he has created his comfort zone. And I want to use that to kind of get into, as we wind down, um, to get into just briefly touching on Howard Schultz and the Race Together campaign that happened with Starbucks. One of the things he said, it, it, it became a PR nightmare. Oh, my God. He just riding on a cup, Race Together, making some yep. not the yeah. greatest questions with USA Today, which was a partnership. Like, the heart was there. The you know it, But what was really crazy is the outcry from people who didn't want to talk about it and were so angry. But one of the points uh, he made was... When Indiana did the first big uh, RFRA, the um, Religious Freedom Restoration Act, yeah, mm-hmm. that all of the CEOs who got together and said, you know what, we're going to take our companies, we're not going to go there. Even our own governor said, we're not sending any of our people there, we're not going to pay for flights, mm-hmm. it's not happening. And he wrote them those CEOs a letter and said, I, you know, I think that's amazing, I think it's great what you're doing. And, but what made Schultz mad was... When he is flailing out there with the race together, no one not else. one yeah, of those CEOs up. came mm-hmm. to him. Right. And then in an article that Fast Company did, they talked to a lot of CEOs of big organizations, and they refused to talk about race as an issue. Mm-hmm. So Schultz is mad because no one was behind him. You know, whether, for, in my opinion, not like the man, dis, you know, again, decide what his motives are or not, he was willing to step up and try something it didn't work mm-hmm. for whatever reason, but it did point to, oh, this issue that you say is not an issue is an issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think, um, and I, you know, and I don't know, I don't know him, so I don't know his motivations. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, I applaud people's efforts. I think sometimes what happens is that um, it, how people stumble um, is that um, people come up with what they think is a brilliant idea and put it out there. Mm-hmm. And what would be helpful is to talk to somebody. <laughs> right, right. Maybe <laughs> do a little. Did, just, just to pick up the phone. <laughs> yeah. So if he doesn't have a black person right. that he can call and just say, hey, Joe or right. Sue, yeah. Yeah. this is what I'm thinking about doing. What do you think? Yeah. Exactly. Um, and so that might be part of his privilege. Is yes. That he doesn't have anybody that he can sure. just, just a fr- right. casual friend that would say, exactly. whoa, you know, this might be your yeah. the pro- issues right. that come up. Right. So that's sometimes what happens because what tends to happen for me personally is that folks will have brilliant ideas. They'll, they'll, they'll be to the point of implementing them mm-hmm. and then they'll call. And they, what they want is a stamp of approval yeah. on those ideas yeah yeah, yeah. of course i want, I want yeah. you to tell yep. me how great my idea was yes. yeah <laughs> yeah um, look at me and, mm-hmm. and they get upset mm-hmm. if you say well i don't think you should do that <laughs> right and because everything's already in place we've already allotted the money or yeah. we've already right. spent all this or whatnot mm-hmm. now you know and so um so i don't know if that's the case with him and um right um you know, so so I you know maybe speaking out of turn, but that's yeah. some of the stuff that comes up, and sometimes that sometimes those are the behind the scenes things. But right. you know, one of the values that I have in my life is I have people who come from all different walks of life that I can say, hey, what do you think about such right. and such? Mm-hmm. Or this is what came up for me when I did such and such, or when mm-hmm. I wanted to do such mm-hmm. and such, and they'll tell and they tell the right? truth. Yeah, yeah, which is what it's what's important. Yeah. How about we, we, we go this? We're on a discussion about the white and black divide, and we were talking earlier today about white privilege. Perhaps, and I'm going to throw this out because I like 
you know, to have a little controversy, start Ooh, up, turn absolutely. the heat up. Absolutely, <laughs> yes, turn it up. How about Mr. <laughs> Schultz was a victim of white privilege in that, although he's Caucasian, mm-hmm. he's Jewish. Yes, yeah. he is. And maybe yes. those other CEOs who weren't uh, immigrants from a different culture gave him a taste of what white privilege looks like from that side of the view. True. Wow. I don't know. Huh. But it's worth know. thinking about. It's worth yeah, thinking it, about. It yeah. worth thinking about. about. That's I a different say, angle. I like he was it. talking about at the aftermath. And, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. all those CEOs hobnob together, yeah. apparently. And yeah. he was talking to the CEO of PayPal. And uh, he is an African-American man. And he was talking about teaching his son to drive. And he said, the first thing I taught my son was to keep your hands at 10 and 2 if a cop pulls you over. Don't take him <laughs> off the wheel. And Schultz the, just looked at him like that was the most... Mm-hmm. craziest sure. thing and there's white privilege right there Absolutely. is yeah. not even realizing yeah. that's thing mm-hmm. i don't have to think about sergey you come from the russian culture you yeah. talked about how you were taught since a child yes to if you see a, a police officer and you're and you're a kid just duck just pretend you're not in the car because you I'll know be you kind of you kind of yeah. had to hide from that yeah I, yeah i was thinking about that in, in an article mm-hmm. i read a lot, some time ago um if if we were to go on a business trip let's say and we forget um, some of our personal care items. Yeah. And we go to the front desk and we ask for the complimentary shampoo. Oh, sample. wow. wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it may not work for us. Yeah. But if we turn that around, and this is how I explain white privilege to, to many of my white friends. Yeah. If we turned it around and you two went on a vacation business trip mm-hmm. and you forgot your product mm-hmm. and you went to ask the front desk for a complimentary, their, their, their complimentary shampoo items, and they gave you pink oil lotion and sulfur eight. What would you do with that? Yeah. Or do you even know what that is? Yeah. Right? Exactly. Wow. That is white privilege. Yeah. That yeah. is. And I was going to uh, huh. start winding down by asking, uh, first of all, two things. What is your definition of white privilege? And secondly, if you had a parting thought for those on the show uh, listening today, what would it be? Um, let's start with uh, what would you define white privilege as, Sandy? I think white privilege is uh, the luxury of not having to know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And not having to do anything about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think that's the privilege. I mean, you can get into all the technical um, definitions of what advantages are and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think it's really not having to know what you don't know and not having to do anything about it. Right. It's like I don't have the luxury of not being vigilant. Um, I didn't have the luxury of not being vigilant when my daughter was going through school. Mm-hmm. about her education and how she was treated. I didn't have the luxury of that. Um, mm-hmm. So that's privilege for me. I think um, uh, closing thoughts, um, um, I'll plug my paper. Do it. Do <laughs> I it. think Please. that's what I'm going to do. You know, <laughs> it's, a, it's a fabulous opportunity to see a different perspective. That's what it's intended to be. Um, it's intended to be a place for the black community to speak to each other and talk mm-hmm. to each other. But um, for folks who don't happen to be a part of the African-American community, it's a great opportunity for you to see things that you will never hear about in Spokane mm-hmm. outside of this paper. Um, there's all kinds of things going on. Um, there's all kinds of things being shared and talked about. There's all kinds of events. There's all kinds of people that you will never hear about if mm-hmm. you only are paying attention to mainstream media. So I would encourage exactly. folks to check it out. Blacklensnews.com. It's free on the Internet. I also um, have um, for for those old fogies like me that <laughs> like actual paper copies of newspapers. Yeah, um, I have those, too. 
See, that's amazing. And I want to uh, speak to something you said about luxury. One of the songs in, Mac, or one of the lines in Macklemore's song yep. saying, our mm-hmm. silence is a luxury. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I was, and I'm it looking at it. Jamila Wood yeah. says that your silence is a luxury. Yes. Hip-hop yep. is not a not luxury. A lu- yes. and that, that spoke to me when I was yeah. reading it. It yeah. really is the the um, privilege of being able to not have to s- do anything or say anything. Exactly. Absolutely it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. And I it's think in all aspects, we experience that a lot in the LGBT community. Yeah. Yep. Just don't bother me. I want to, you know, I finally got married. That's I right. got my house yep. way right. out in <laughs> Colbert. Yeah. I'm right. good. I'm, yeah, exactly. And please yeah. don't make me have to, to, talk, to talk about, about these it. things. Yeah. To you know, deal with it. Yeah. yeah we like playing don't house. Don't make me talk about the transgender mm-hmm. community. Wow. Right? Absolutely. That's, right. that's, a r- that's uncomfortable. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It and then really they start is. quoting Caitlin and it's just it, it just gets out of hand really quick with oh, people. It's for it's rough. For real. Uh, any last parting words from you? Phil well, Tyler? I would say to, to go back to your first part of your question, um, I would define white privilege as that which creates a sense of entitlement, perks or advantages that is solely predicated on the majority or whiteness, mm-hmm. if you could say that. Um, what I would say that we should be doing as a society um, apart from coming on radio shows like this and interacting with two gentlemen like yourself, Love it. Nah. <laughs> um, would be to have these conversations about race in your home where the education starts early and let your children know, your family, your friends know that talking about race is not taboo. It's not a no-no. It's something that we should do because like any other difficult conversation, if we continue to sweep things under the rug, the rug starts to get that hump in it. Yes. <laughs> and eventually someone's uh-huh. going to stumble Trip over it over and they're it. going yeah. to get harmed. Yeah. And this is what happens in our society when we don't talk about race. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. I, I you know, during uh, the conversation here, I just, I, I kept coming back to this thought because I know I read a lot of articles and saw this on Facebook a lot. The, uh, uh, you know, the scary part of all black paper. And, you know, that that's a big thing. And I think it's funny when uh, a lot of white people say, uh, well, if we had an all white paper, it would be madness. But the thing is, it isn't because if we look back, almost every paper that I see, the spokesman included, is basically an all white paper. paper yes. We don't get we get except mad about all black. Page. Exactly. Right. Except the sports page. Look at that. Right. Yeah. Because apparently that's safe. Ground. And so it's yes. just strange to me. And I want uh, us all to kind of think I, I like mm-hmm. the thought about, you know, going to a hotel reception desk and how. Right. How that would be different. And so uh, I think that everyone uh, listening to the show should go and try and <laughs> right. see those perspectives. See what that's like. And step outside. Hey, step outside. Yeah, say, what, hey, yeah. if I was a person of color, how would I be treated in this situation? Mm-hmm. So. Exactly. How about a lady going, uh, um, tearing her hose on the way to an appointment? going to 7-Eleven or whatever and grabbing a pair of nude pantyhose. Yep. Right? Yeah. There you go. How? Yeah. Do, yes. I have, yeah. yeah. I have had friends who've talked <laughs> to is. me and say that doesn't work for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, because the, they think go. that's an overall. It's yeah. not. You, yeah. <laughs> you can't. Yeah. And I just want to <laughs> really quickly just say thank, yeah. thank you yes. for doing this. So um, I just, I appreciate it um, coming from the LGBT community, mm-hmm. having this conversation because there are times when I don't feel that my community and the LGBT community is my community. I do not feel valued mm-hmm. um, and that my issues are valued. So yeah. I am grateful to you two for taking this on as an issue. Well, thank you. And well, I do you. want yes. to uh, to speak really quick to Michael Sam did a tweet this week that did say mm-hmm. that he found more racism in the gay community than he does in the NFL. I'll be um, yeah. So it's an issue we need to talk it about is. in yes. our community. And it's an issue we need to talk about all over. Mm-hmm. Sergey, I'm going to throw you on the spot really quick. Please I think do. the way we should uh, end this wonderful conversation is to revisit 
uh, Macklemore song. Okay. Um, so if you can pull that up, I want to end with a quote that's one of my favorite ones, uh, probably safe, but one of my favorite quotes from Martin Luther King Jr. We will have to repent in this generation, not merely for the hateful words and actions of the bad people, but for the appalling silence of the good people. And that, for me, is what today was about, talking about the issues and not being silenced, because as we've learned, silence is a luxury, and I don't think we can afford to have it. We cannot. So here we go. We're going to play White Privilege 2. We are back with KYRS, Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM. We just got done with one of the best conversations, oh. uh, uncomfortable conversation dissecting the black and white divide. Right, and we had, of course, special guest Philip Tyler, who is the current vice president of the Spokane chapter of the NAACP, and Sandra Williams. She is the publisher and editor of Black Lens yes. newspaper, the only... Uh, African-American newspaper. newspaper in on, in Washington. Yeah, yeah. In the Inland Northwest, really, yeah. you could say. So uh, amazing, that conversation. I'm not going to lie. I walked mm-hmm. into it going, I'm so nervous. Because yeah. I was I'm like, I'm going to say something stupid, which I'm sure I did. But what was great was it was a real conversation. It was exactly covering it was a lot of topics. And let's yeah. be honest, there's a lot more topics about racism that could have been covered. Mm-hmm. This is just the beginning. That's why we are here to start it. Um, or to continue conversations to that continue. have been having. Yeah. But we encourage you as listeners to have those conversations in your own backyard, in your own dinner table, in your own workplace, because no matter what we think about the race together with Starbucks, the fact is they wanted to start a conversation that needs Mm-hmm. to continue to happen. Mm-hmm. And so we're we're happy that we were able to do that. But and it was a lot of fun. Boy, I you know us. We love conversations we that make your brain love, light up. Exactly. And yeah. we love to we love to get heated. Heat that mountain pot. I right love up. that. I wanted I, to be like Philip yeah. Tyler, copyright 2016. 2007? Yeah, you know. Oh wow. Because Next. that was br- I loved that analogy and it was it's true. Brilliant. We are afraid yeah. of the melting pot because we're afraid to turn the heat up exactly. and actually make it happen. Yeah. But you know, as we talked about in there, we have to get messy, like Sandra was saying. Uh, we have to get messy yeah. in order for these conversations yeah. to actually take root. It's and, a so lot, and it is a lot of work. It is a lot of this, you know, going into a conversation nervous. Um, a lot of people out there will have that, you know. Mm-hmm. It's it's not easy conversation by no. any means. It's not safe by any means. No. And, uh, but it is important. It uh, is. Well, let's face it. You and I, yeah. we work hard on our show. We do. And for 90% of the time, we we get to make the roadmap for how the people we speak with, what yes. we're going to talk about, yes. down to uh, some where we know exactly the questions we want to ask, and mm-hmm. they follow our lead, and, and it works out great. You tie it up at the end, and you have a show. Yeah. A show like this is a conversation where you have it with real people, and you say, we didn't map out questions. We had topics we wanted we want to know what topics they wanted and we just yeah. went yeah and those can be scary because you don't know what what paths you're going to take but in the end you have to do it in order to talk about real things exactly you, you know absolutely have to and uh i i think that this is a good first step for us mm-hmm. um i definitely know who we are and that means uh you know in in six months we'll be doing a thousand projects uh, on the issue, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll we'll get overly involved <laughs> over our heads, but that's okay. This is a great you start. Know. I love it. Well, uh, look what happened when we when we wanted to help out with the police department after uh, Justina yeah. had her instant over at Boots, where our 
public service people did not treat this uh, local trans woman very well. At all. Uh, mm-hmm. We, we end, uh, now, a year and a half in, yeah. we have worked with the police department and gone through training, and you got tased. It, it was just a thing. Exactly. How, so, yeah, and how did we get involved with that? Just right? all of a sudden, all, of our, so, all over our heads. So there's our future. Yeah. Right, well, <laughs> right there. I think it's exciting. We, we it love it. It is very exciting. Um, and like we said, you can catch this show uh, on iTunes if you missed any and all and or all of it. Um, it's going to be uploaded as soon as possible. Right. And our apologies to everyone because it is the day we normally have relationship and sex therapist. Damon L. Jacobs, we did have to move him because this conversation was so important. He is going to be on the show on the 17th. So don't worry. He hasn't left outspoken. He's still, He's coming still back. our sex doctor. He is. Uh, you just have to wait. Now, please send in questions. Yes, we got uh, a few in. We would love some more. Uh, and if you want to talk to him on air, uh, over the phone, you don't have to use your real name. Uh, but you can talk to a real-life uh, relationship therapist on our show, right. and that'd be great. Now, coming in next week... Uh, April 10th show, we are going to have artist Kenneth Mogan. He is a uh, musician. We talked to him briefly when he introduced a new single he had coming out. Well, we're having him on to talk to him a little bit more about the music that he does. Um, He's a really cool guy, very sweet, and so we're excited to have him. And our main guest in the main hour uh, next week is going to be Rick Clemens. He is an author, a writer, a speaker, and a radio show host. He also does a lot of positive uh, life coaching, and so we're hoping life he can coach. solve uh, Sergey and I's lives. Yes, they're we, a mess. They're difficult. So, <laughs> so there you go. That's how Join us next week for sure.